And all the husbands better say amen. If you would please in your Bible today, the book of Acts, for just a few moments, uh, in the book of Acts chapter number nine, if you would please. And uh, I'd like to just maybe spend a little time in that chapter this morning for our learning. I would like to thank everyone who had a part in the ladies' conference yesterday. I sat in my office and listened to everybody who did the preaching. Uh, Brother Ringo, you need to get a you need to get a copy of that sermon your wife preached. It would help you immensely. I want you to know that. And Andrew needs to listen intently to the one that his wife preached. Didn't bother me any because I was just perfect with all of them, you know. Uh, But ladies, thank you so very much for participating, for being here. And uh, the leadership, thank you for spending all the time and preparing for it. It takes a lot to... uh, have the kind of church that you are privileged to be a member of. And it's just not Brother Andrew and I who does it. We just sit back and watch and get credit for it. But we want to thank you for what you're doing and what you've done. Today's a very special day, not because Brother Crinton is here, although it is special. I have a list of I have thank you cards on my desk as I speak, I'd I'd hate to say how many from nursing homes in the Fort Worth area that Brother and Mrs. Crinton visit each month. They not only visit, but they take those senior saints clothes and gifts, those that maybe their children have forgot they're there. Maybe they have no children. Maybe all they have is Brother George and Miss Crinton. And we support them each month. And I think it's a privilege to stand behind folks who care for the elderly, especially as I get elderly. Brother George, you better bring me watermelon and stuff of that nature when my wife puts me away, all right? But we appreciate so very much your ministry, and uh, we're glad we can have a part in it. Today's a very special day in that today is our windows of opportunities. I don't think serving the Lord is a job. It's an opportunity. And I'm so glad that 50 plus years ago when the opportunity passed my door, I saw something more eternal than tool and die making. Although I was anxious, insecure, Afraid, I still said, Lord, here am I. Use me. Amen. 
a thumb-sucking introvert. Skinny, hair down to here, could stand sideways and stick my tongue out and I look like a zipper. I had every reason in the world to make excuse why I could not serve God. I was unfit. I was uneducated. I was certainly unpolished. And he said, would you? And I said, I will. Today he will say to you, would you? You can come up with all the excuses I could have come up with 50 some years ago. But if I could, with the help of God, this world needs some different makers. This world is dying and going to hell because Christians feel insecure, unequipped, too busy, and really, we're the losers because the greatest thing you'll ever do is serve the Lord. Let me read for you now if I can. You know, I need to get windshield wipers for these glasses. <laughs> if this is the golden years, would you give me back some of the dirt? <laughs> You'll get that after a while. In the Bible, do you have your Bible with you? You know, you don't have to hide it today. You can bring it to church. The Bible says in Acts chapter 9 and verse 1, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogue that if he found any this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying, unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. He trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go to the city 
and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul rose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him unto Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. Let's pray, and we'll ask God to dive into the message and apply it to every heart and every soul in this place. Our Father, today, we stand helpless without your help. There's no words, Lord, that I have, so we must speak your words. And I pray that you'd apply them to every single heart and soul in this place. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. If you would allow me, please, I'd like to go back to verse number six and just pull out a portion of that verse there. And I'd like for you to take a look at it and consider it in the depths of your soul this morning. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Think about that just a moment, please. Look at the first word, Lord. Lord, if you don't get past that, you'll not get the rest of it. Lord, is he just a man today riding into town on a donkey as people stroll ferns and leaves about his person? Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Our God is looking today for some difference makers. And it's amazing that some of the Things that God has used in out throughout the times of history to make a difference. Now, I know none of us today are qualified to serve the Lord. Uh, none of us have time today to serve the Lord. After all, we have cruise control, automatic windows, automatic dishwashers, automatic dryers, automatic washers, automatic husbands, and you have to work on the wives. But throughout history, God has used little things, unusual things, and even in many cases, impossible things to, great, to do great and mighty things. We think about the Apostle Paul, but God has used uh, all kinds of people to make a big difference in this world. 
if they had voted in my senior class, the one to most unlikely to succeed, I'd have one hand down. I'd started a jail ministry earlier that week when we were practicing graduation exercises. I surrendered into the ministry and I started my jail ministry at Firestone Police Station in Compton, California. If you'd have come by as I looked through the bars and wondered why in the world that food tasted so bad, I didn't know you're supposed to put salt on it. And said, Gene, will you ever make a difference? I'd have said, no, I'm surrendering to be a policeman the rest of my life. God has used some very insignificant little things to make a whopping difference in this world. You know, would you allow me to mention just a few today? Being Palm Sunday, we might ask the man who gave the donkey to Jesus to ride into Jerusalem that day. You think about it, if you would, please. There's a whole list of people in the Word of God who were donkey givers. You know, you might think about Rahab's rope. Ah, you might even think a little bit about David's sling. Uh, you might even think just a little bit about Samson's jawbone. Isn't it amazing how big God is and what small insignificant things he can use to make a big difference in this world? You might even think, if you would, please, just a minute, and you think about, maybe you could, when we walk into the streets of gold and we sing that song when we all get to heaven, I just wonder maybe when we walk into heaven's portals and down the streets of gold, if maybe if God would just allow me to wrap my hands around that rod Moses used, just a rod that he split the sea with, and smote the rock and scores of water to quench the thirst of the Hebrews. How we might even think about the little boy's lunch. You remember that guy? We might even draw our attention to some things so insignificant, if you please, as the widow's might. And we sit here thinking that God can't use us. He used a lad with just a few crackers and a bunch of sardines. He used a lady who had nothing but she cast in her living. All I would say to you today is God is looking for somebody who is a nobody that God can make a somebody who would be a blessing to everybody. Did you write that down? Write that down. 
because I would never be able to go through it again. In our text today, I just want to leave this word with you. Lord, what would thou have me to do? Can you think about it just a minute? Lord, what would you have me to do? Now, don't look at your neighbor and say he's talking to you. I'm talking to you. Well, I can't do anything. Come to me and I'll invent something. Because everybody ought to be worth something. Amen. Lord, what would thou have me to do? It is not that you need a job. You need an opportunity to make a difference for God. If God has made a difference in your life, then you need to make a difference in somebody else's life. Lord, what would thou have my husband to do? No, no, no. Lord, could you straighten out my wife a little bit? No, 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 no. Lord, buddy, don't do that. You're on the front row. Everybody can see you guys arguing. Lord, I'm glad my wife sits in the balcony because some of the faces she makes while I'm preaching is not scriptural. <laughs> Lord, do you have the nerve to ask it? Lord, do you have the love to proclaim him to be Lord? Lord, I know you're big. Lord, look at the sunshine. Lord, You've knocked me off my beast. Lord, I'm laying flat on my back. Lord, what would thou have me to do? Amen. Amen. Now, the guy that's doing the speaking, he's quite an unusual guy. Let's you and I get a little background, a little background of this fellow who's laying on his back, looking straight up to heaven, been knocked off his beast, and he's laying there. Acts chapter 7, if you would please. Acts chapter 7, and maybe we'll look at verse 58. Would you look at it with me, please? This is an unusual guy. This guy is unusable, probably, as you can, as you can understand. Acts chapter 7 and verse 58. And the Bible said, and they cast him out, speaking of Stephen, cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witness lay down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. Acts chapter 8, verse 1. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, there was great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Please now note, if you would please, verse 3. And for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committing them to prison. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. And Saul, 
yet breathe and out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired him of letters to Damascus, to the synagogue, that he, if he found any this way, any Christians, any who believed in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, anyone who had faith in Christ, anyone that he found them and he had the authority, if you please, to bring them back bound unto Jerusalem. An unlikely individual. Probably if you were to go to Jerusalem at this time, the most unlikely individual in all of Jerusalem and in all of Damascus and in all of Judea, the most unlikely individual to make a difference for Jesus Christ would be this dude right here. He hated Christianity. He despised Jesus. He denied everything the New Testament stands for. But he wrote 14 books in the New Testament. Well, preacher, I, I don't think God could use me. If he could use this bird, he could use anybody. Well, preacher, you don't understand. I've done some things. I, 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 I've done some things. I've gone to places. I, I, you don't understand. Don't tell me what it is. I probably already know it. Just go ahead and confess it. Turn it loose and let God use you. Amen. Amen. Watch this, if you would, please. I, 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 I'm getting kind of excited. Have you ever met anybody so mean, so cruel, you didn't think anything could help him. That's Paul. If Paul had a sister, she said, there's no hope. The fellow's an idiot. He likes to see Christians die. He stands by and watches them stoned to death. And he watched Stephen as he was stoned and something miraculous happened. Stephen's face began to shine and his hair began to glow and he looked up and he said, I see Jesus standing at the Father's right hand and this jerk by the name of Saul was laughing and cheering as Stephen was stoned to death. No hope for Paul. He's beyond anything that God could ever do. He's a 10-carat loser. You can breathe, it's all right. Well, preacher, you don't understand. God can't use me. God used a jackass to speak to Balaam. I remember that. God uses Sean. <laughs> he might use Andrew one day. Do you have the nerve, the fortitude, the Old Testament, old-timey guts just to say, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? 
Can I give you something that's really assuring? If you will, I promise you, God will give you the strength. You say, preacher, you don't know what you're talking about. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of things I don't know anything about. But I knew, I do know that God can give you strength when you need strength. Look in your Bible, if you would, please. Acts 9, verse 19 and verse 22. Watch this. Watch this. Verse, chapter 9, verse 19. And the Bible says, And when he had received meat, talking about Paul, Saul, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with his disciples, which were at Damascus. And straightway, he preached Christ in the synagogue that he is the Son of God. And all that heard him were amazed and said, Is not this he that destroyed them which call on the name uh, uh, which called on the name in Jerusalem and came hither for the intent that he might then bound unto them, unto the chief priest. And Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. Now notice in verse 19, he was strengthened. Notice verse 22, more strength. Could I please help you just a little bit? God will give you the physical strength he can trust you with. Did you hear me? Paul has not eaten in three days or drank in three days. He's been knocked off his beast. He's blind as a bat. He's sitting in a strange house with strange accompaniment. And he's there. And the Bible said, now look, Saul, I've got something for you to do. You go down to the street called Straight and it'll be told you what to do. And Paul feebly is led by his companions there and sat down and three days later, the Bible said, and God gave him strength. Well, preacher, I, I, I don't know if I can do this or that or not. Let me tell you something. Verse 19, the strength there is physical strength. Uh, it, it is invigorate, invigorating. It, it's to uh, uh, excite you. Uh, uh, from time to time, have you noticed that I kind of stagger a little? Because I'm drinking cheap beer. <laughs> That's what folks are like to think. I have what is known as cerebella ataxia. That is a disease that you only get in the Appalachian Mountains. It might be close family ties. 
It destroys your nervous system. It destroys your ability to balance your equilibrium. It destroys your peripheral vision. It eventually affects your swallowing ability. It kills you. There is no, there is no cure. I have great news. My doctor said there'll be a cure after you're dead. <laughs> My sister, who's younger than I, has already gone to the Lord with cerebella ataxia. You did not know that. I did not say that to get your pity. I'm going to take an offer in a minute. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how when I get behind this desk and I open God's word and with the help of these, you'd never know because God gives us strength. Supernatural strength. Physical strength. Now look in verse 22. And it says, and it strengthened him. You see, God not only strengthens us spiritually, I mean physically, but God said, if you will do what I ask you to do, I will strengthen you spiritually. The word for strength in verse 22 is the word in the Greek dunamis. It's the word we get our word dynamite from. Huh? And God said, if you'll do what I ask you to do, I'll give you strength physically and I'll give you Holy Ghost strength spiritually. And you can't serve God with his strength and Holy Ghost strength. What a promise. Amen. You say, preacher, you're, you're trying to con me. Well, trying to con you for your benefit. God not only will give you strength, Holy Ghost strength, new life strength, overcoming strength, enduring strength. Wouldn't you like to be a Christian? Folk didn't have to worry about if you're going to be here next week or not. You don't have to worry about me being here next week. You had not had to worry about that for 32 years. In fact, some of you have been praying, dear God, make him go away. 
enduring strength. Overcoming strength. New life strength. Oh, this guy laying on his back in the road, blind as a bat, needing somebody to walk him around. And we watch him through the book of Acts and he makes three missionary journeys, two missionary journeys. He's been shipwrecked, thrown in jail. Huh? Beat, misunderstood. And they said, Paul, are you going to hang on? You better not go up to Jerusalem. You go to Jerusalem, sure enough, they're going to incarcerate you, throw you in jail. They're going to bind you. You know what this guy said? None of these things move me. Neither count I my life near unto myself that I might finish my course with joy, that I might finish the ministry that Jesus... Hey, that's the kind of strength God can give you. Now, some of you folks who's thinking you fell out of love with your mate, come to my office and I'll persuade you. You probably never fell in to begin with. I get so tired of folk walking in my office. Well, I just don't love him like I used to. And I always say, well, give me your definition of love. Let's always cheerleader or football player. Are you listening to me? You need to be a, a finisher. You need to be a change maker. You need to be somebody who's making a difference in somebody else's life for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will give you strength. He will give you strategy. I'm not going to stay there long. He will give you strategy. God told Paul exactly where he wanted to go, what he wanted to do, and he always, watch this, you need to understand this. God will not only give you strength to do what he wants you to do, he will give you a strategy on how to do it and he'll always give you support to make sure it gets done. Amen. Can I help you a little bit? Could I help you a little bit? Now, just a little bit. What if they left Paul laying on the floor? What if they just said, well, Paul, you deserve being, you, just, you deserve what you got. Just lay there and cry in your beer. No, God had somebody to pick him up, take him by the hand, lead him like a little bitty child to where God wanted to, where he wanted to go. Amen. Amen. Paul's there three days, three nights, none to eat, none to drink. Read on in your Bible now. And God had an Ananias God had an Ananias and he told Ananias, Ananias, I got a fella that you probably don't like, but I'd like for you to go down to a place that I have in mind and there's a fella down there that I want you to walk in and lay your hands on him and he'll receive his sight. Ananias, here's support, Ananias, Ananias, go down <laughs> Brother Saul lays his hands on him. His sight is returned. He's baptized. And Paul starts preaching. And the first thing they tried to do is kill him. 
Read on. And it got so bad that they had to let Paul down off the wall in a basket to save his life. We need some rope holders. It don't take much talent to hold a rope. It don't take much talent to do some things that needs to be done around here. It don't take much talent to sing in the choir. First time I sung in it, the choir director asked me not to let anything come out. Just move my mouth. <laughs> well, I got mad and quit. Not me. I just moved my mouth. I was holding a rope. Hmm? What will thou have me to do? And then after Paul got out of Damascus, they took him to Jerusalem, read on. And he went and introduced himself to the disciples and they are scared to death of him and would not have anything to do with him. And if you read on, you'll see there is a fellow by the name of Barnabas who you'll find in Acts chapter four whose name was Joseph who they surnamed Barnabas because he was a hospitable encourager. And he took Paul under his arm, introduced him to the disciples. God always has support. Would you be one of those who would support a young Christian and take him under your wing and take him out to eat and pray over your meal and teach them the things of Christ? We're not looking for anybody to replace me and Andrew. Well, that is the last thing we're trying to do is get anybody place me and Andrew. We're just throwing out the opportunity to you to be a rope holder, to be an encourager. God always will have and will support what you say you will do for him. I close. You say, really? Yeah. Watch this. Strength. When I was in evangelism, it was during the time when, I don't know what it was, but if you go to a motel, they always had the thermostats locked up. They wanted the temperature in the room the same. Well, I stayed sick all the time. I didn't realize, but I was fasting, and I would fast and fast and fast, and, and I made myself so sick that uh, a nurse would have to come to my room and give me a shot. I'd get up, I'd go sing and preach, and then she'd give me a shot, and I'd go back to bed. That was, that was how evangelism was for me for a while. Strength. You had to ask God for strength because there wasn't any strength anywhere else. Support? Nobody supported. Only God supported. 
May I say to you today, from personal experience, God will not leave you short. He will give you strength, physical and spiritual. He will give you a strategy. And that works every time. Amen. And he will give you support. I don't know if he's listening today or not. But when I got saved, I was introduced to a fella by the name of Jerry Nunes. He's the biggest pest, the biggest thorn in your flesh. You just like to flog him real good. Wednesday, he'd come by, preacher. I mean, I wasn't a preacher then. Gene, pick you up tonight. It's Wednesday night, we're going to church. I didn't want to go to church. I'd just been saved, man. I didn't want to go to church. But he wouldn't leave me alone. Hey, Gene, you coming so when on Saturday? No, not really. Well, I'll come by and get you. Gene, you know we have so when on Thursday night. I know that. Go, go out in the street, get run over it by something. <laughs> now I'm going to church on Sunday morning where I used to go. I won't tell you where I used to go. Sunday morning, Sunday night, singing in the choir, teaching fifth grade boys class. Thursday night going visiting. He comes by and says, I think me and you ought to go soul winning on our special night. How about Friday night? Under heaven. Under heaven. Besides the Lord. That pest is the human reason. You have a pastor today. God had somebody to support me. And God's got somebody that'll help you. All you got to do is just ask the question, Lord, what would they have me to do? Bus ministry? Vacation Bible school, the homeless ministry, the nursery. Thank God for a church that gives you an opportunity to allow God to use you for his honor and his glory. And God will give you success. I close with one verse, verse 31. God will give you success. And the Bible says, Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria. And were edified. Why? Because this one guy said, Lord, what would thou have me to do? And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. My question to you is, would you ask God Paul's question? Lord, 
what would thou have me to do? But thanks be unto God which giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Watch this. For as much as ye know, your work for the Lord is not in vain.